So I think looking at a comparison between the Colts and the Titans is really instructive and shows where the Colts need to focus their attention during the draft and the remainder of free agency. And don't forget that after the draft, free agency continues. There's still, there's some low-hanging fruit on the trees of free agency. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Xavier Johnson again. We know he got arrested Sunday uh, early morning, Saturday night, going 90 on Walnut, too fast, uh, resisted law enforcement. That's a felony in, Mer- in Monroe County, so he's arrested for that as well. I-, I question thinking about this, like uh, really getting outside the box and thinking about it. Why is it Mike Woodson and Indiana's, Indiana basketball's job to discipline him? It's a legitimate question. There, there was some social media stuff mentioned yesterday, and, and I gave it some thought, and I thought, well, why, why not let the judicial system handle Xavier Johnson? Interesting academic discussion. Uh, Pacers, their home finale tonight against the 76ers. They're almost locked into that fifth-worst spot in the NBA, and, and that means that for the first time in forever, Pacers fans are going to be riveted to the draft lottery. And Tiger Woods, according to Freddie Couples, who played a practice round with him yesterday, looked phenomenal. That makes this weekend all the more fun. Masters weekend with Tiger playing, a lot more fun than without Tiger playing. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. You got a plumbing problem? They got a plumbing solution. They do great work. 765-610-8809. The number. Hit the subscribe button. Press the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. If you got a question, donate. And I'll answer your question immediately. We're capitalists here. It's what we do. All right. Uh, Colts against the Titans. If the Colts want to contend, obviously, in the AFC South, They've got to close the gap between themselves and the Titans. The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs uh, not three months ago. And and so as you look at the trajectory of the Colts and their uh, desire, right, need to get back to the playoffs, you got to catch Titans. And if you can catch Titans, you can do some work. Now the Colts, they've upgraded at a couple of spots. Titans have upgraded at a couple of spots too. But these teams, these two teams, have a lot more in common than they are separated. You look at the quarterback position. Matt Ryan versus Ryan Tannehill. These are, in 2021, were roughly the same guy. Uh, Matt Ryan, 7.1 yards per attempt when he was with the Falcons. So he was dealing with Falcon weapons. Falcon offensive line. We know that in the NFL, everything's interconnected. All positions are interconnected. So comparing Matt Ryan as a member of that team versus what he will be as a member of the Colts, it's imperfect, but it gives you a kind of a snapshot as to who Matt Ryan is. Uh, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a 90.4 passer rating. Ryan Tannehill, seven yards per attempt. An 86 or 89.6 passer rating. All right, here's a question. Do you see the Colts getting rid of Frank Reich if we don't make the playoffs? That's from Shane's Club, five bucks. Absolutely. 
I will answer that question happily. I do not believe that the Colts are going to get rid of Frank Reich. You, you can kind of smell the stench of decay on a head coach with Jim Irsay and how Jim Irsay is starting to feel impatient with a head coach. That's not there yet. He doesn't feel that yet. You you feel like he's got this year, and then it's going to be nut-cutting time. If they don't make the playoffs in 22, 23 is, is proven for Frank Reich or we're making a change. 2022 is not going to be that year for Frank Reich unless this thing goes off a cliff and they wind up 4-13. and Frank Reich is not going to be fired unless that happens after the 2022 season. Um, You look at the backs. Uh, By the way, Tannehill also 21-14 and touchdowns to interceptions. So another similarity with, with Matt Ryan. These guys are not separated by so much that you would distinguish one from the other as like a Patrick Mahomes versus Mac Jones type of, uh, you know, deal. Uh, You know, it's just not that. It's not Matt Stafford versus, you know, Davis Mills. You know what I mean? Jonathan Taylor, best player on the Colts. Derrick Henry, best player on the Titans. Jonathan Taylor led the NFL in rushing yards by a gob last year, but Derrick Henry had more yards per game at 117. Jonathan Taylor, 106.5 yards per game. I I consider this positional battle a tie. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to continue to ascend, as odd as that is to say, and Derrick Henry has kind of plateaued, but Derrick Henry is at yards per game it's a, you know, he played a limited schedule last year because of that injury, that foot injury. Uh, man, these these are the two best running backs in the NFL. Um, wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts versus A.J. Brown. Closer than you would think. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., more catches per game. And again, Pittman played 17 games. A.J. Brown did not. He played 13 games. Uh, Pittman with 5.2 Catches per game, Brown with 4.8. Yards per game, Brown leads by a skosh 66.8 to 63.6. So those positions, very, very even. The offensive lines for the Colts, you got Pryor, Nelson, Kelly, or, uh, and then Pitter and Smith, as it stands right now, the starters. You would give the advantage to the Titans because they've got Taylor Luan, uh, Brewer, Jones, Davis, and Dylan Raddins, the guy that the Titans stole from the the Colts. Instead of Dio Dengbo, I think that the pay, uh, the Colts would have taken Raddins uh, instead, but the Titans took him with the pick immediately prior to the uh, selection that the Colts made. So, uh, but that's a better offensive line, I, a, at least given left tackle. And left tackle is the most important position on the line. Uh, Taylor Luan, really, really good. Matt Pryor has yet to prove himself as a starting left tackle in the NFL. Maybe the Colts upgraded that position either through free agency or the draft. You look at the defensive front, Colts with Pay, Buckner, Stewart, and Ngakwe. Titans, Simmons, Tart, Autry, and Landry. You know what? I, I think that this is dead even because of the acquisition of Ngakwe. I think Ngakwe makes this defensive front for the Colts a much better off or defensive front. DBs, 
clear advantage to the Titans. Farley, Hooker, Byard, and Fulton are really good. The Colts, Kenny Moore, Isaiah Rogers, Brandon Faison, uh, Julian Blackman, who may or may not be hurt going into this season. He had the torn Achilles. Hopefully it's uh, well enough healed that he can participate in camp and get ready for the season. And then Kari Willis. These are a bunch of guys, minus Kenny Moore, who was signed off the scrap heap after he was cut by the Patriots. You know, I mean, what do you got here? Yeah, you, really a bunch of guys. And and that's why you need to go sign a guy like Teron Matthew. Get the honey badger. All of a sudden, this position group elevates. At the linebacker spot, a little bit better for the Colts because of Darius Leonard versus Dupree. Uh, Leonard with a clear advantage there because he takes the ball away relentlessly. So you look at these two teams, if the Colts can find, and then, I mean, what I glossed over was depth at wide receiver, right? Wide receiver, yikes. Uh, Campbell and Doolin as your second and third wide receivers. Woods, Robert Woods acquired by the Titans and uh, Nick Westbrook, Indiana University product. You know, the, the Titans have a clear advantage at two and three in terms of wide receivers. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the Titans have a better defensive line by far. In fact, I would argue that strongly. Uh, I would say that the Colts at this point, with Ngakwe, have the better uh, defensive line. You're going to see Quiddy Pay take a step up in class in 2022 that is going to eliminate whatever gap you see and show the Colts to have a superior defensive front. That's my belief. Uh, So that's what you've got between these two teams. Let's talk about Xavier Johnson, because I think this is interesting. Like, uh, you know, there's some debate as to whether uh, Xavier Johnson should be kicked off Indiana's team or not. Uh, For his, uh, his track record of behavioral lapses, which kind of, um, the latest chapter came Sunday morning. He's uh, arrested in Bloomington. What he did, he's going 90 on North Walnut, which is not a place where you go 90. This is not an interstate. It's a residential street. It's not a side street. It's a main thoroughfare. Three lanes, I think, but you can't go 90 on that street. It's got hills. It's got stoplights. You're crazy if you go 90 on that street. So the cops try to pull him over. He won't pull over. Pulls into an apartment complex. Switches seats, allegedly. This is all alleged. With a passenger in the car. So the passenger would get the ticket. And potentially get arrested. Uh, The cops saw this happen. And they arrested Xavier Johnson. Felony resisting law enforcement. And uh, misdemeanor. Reckless driving. So, the the question is, what do you do with him? This, this comes off two months ago. He gets suspended for a game along with four others uh, in Chicago for breaking curfew. Is this enough to give him the boot? And yesterday afternoon, I said it was. And then I started thinking about it. And this is what I do, I think. And, and what I started to think was, why is it Indiana basketball's job to mandate a level of discipline that is not uh, utilized by the university for students at large? Why should 
the basketball program kick a guy off the squad because he misbehaves. There, for a long time, there have been guys at Indiana who've done exactly the wrong thing and, and continue to, obviously, as students. And this is true for college students in general and students at Indiana. I mean, you've got how many people have fake IDs at Indiana? How many people misbehave? How many people are drinking underage at Indiana? There's a lot of this going on, lots and lots, right? Why is it Indiana basketball's job to mandate that level of discipline that doesn't exist anywhere else in the university? Why? Is it just the heritage of Bob Knight not putting up with crap? Is that why this exists? Is that a good enough reason for it to exist? Is it that if you don't discipline Johnson, you lose the ability to discipline anybody else on the team? Uh, I said yesterday afternoon, because I was was asked a a paid question, what would I do if I was a coach? Uh, I think that you earn... I would lose, all right? If I was a coach, I would in all likelihood not win because I would exert a level of discipline on the team that would require behavior um, that would uh, cast Indiana in a positive light. You would earn your way behaviorally and physically onto the team. We would have a standard of behavior, a culture of behavior that showed a seriousness about playing basketball and, and about representing the university. I don't know if you win basketball games by doing that. I don't. And it's Mike Woodson's job and Kenny Hunter's job, right, and, and the new guy's job, the entire staff's job to win basketball games. That's what we do. That's what Indiana needs to get back to the business of. Does Kicking Xavier Johnson off the team help you win basketball games? Or does it keep you from winning basketball games? At some point, you've got to ask that question. Because Mike Woodson isn't running Boys Town. You know, Mickey Rooney is not playing basketball for Mike Woodson. And, well, he yeah, he got caught smoking in the vestibule. You're out. No. You're there to win basketball games. That's what you're there to do. Does this help you win basketball games? Does it not help you win basketball games? Does it help you as a university? Does it hurt you as a university? For two years, Jay Edwards, this goes, goes back 30 years ago, but Jay Edwards, wow, lots going on there. Did he hurt Indiana basketball's chance to win games through what he was doing? That's a, you know... It's, it's a legitimate question, and I get it. If, if he was kicked off the team, I would think, okay, I get it. Not kicked off the team, I would think, okay, I get that too. It's an interesting question, and I think it's one that Indiana fans need to examine because we have been so kind of, uh, especially those go, who go back to the night era, we've seen, like, discipline be enacted. We've also seen discipline not be enacted, frankly. You know, like when it came time to cut guys for behavior or not, a lot of times whether they could play basketball had a lot to do with it. Uh, 
All right, let's talk about the Masters. Tiger, back. Played a practice round at least nine yesterday with Freddie and with Justin Thomas. And Freddie said that Tiger was striping it and hitting it every bit as far as Justin Thomas. And if you saw the videos of him bombing drives on the practice tee, you saw a guy who's creating a hell of a lot of uh, club head velocity looked like he can play. Uh, Pacers tonight, fan appreciation night, last home game of this season that just kind of won't end. They take on the 76ers tonight and then Saturday in Philadelphia again against the 76ers. 76ers are still playing for something. They could still move from the fourth seed to the top seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're playing for something. We'll see what happens tonight. Lots of prizes. Go down to Gamebridge Fieldhouse, see the Pacers. The uh, draft lottery going to get interesting for Pacers fans. They're only a game and a half from falling beneath the Thunder for the fourth worst record in the NBA. That's a big deal. Uh, Nets also, the Pacers play the Nets on Sunday, and that's a big deal as well. Uh, Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? I forgot the sheet with the birthdays on them. You know, I don't memorize these things. And so we will uh, adjourn to this area where I have the uh, birthday list, and we will celebrate birthdays. How about that? Um, Michael Kuhn, happy birthday. Uh, Brian Borshoff, happy birthday. Cynthia Salo, happy birthday. Dale Ogdenbill, Heffler. Andrew Kaminsky, Lisa Clayton Muff, happy birthday. The great Lisa Clayton. Uh, Paul Logan and Jim Badger, happy, or, uh, Badger, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Later today, Inside Indiana Sports Now. We'll be back. We're going to talk. You know what this is? That is the beach in Lake Bluff, Illinois, and that is the uh, bench, my grandparents' bench, outside the beach on the bluff overlooking Lake Michigan. Absolutely beautiful spot. We will talk to you about it. Uh, a little bit later today. Not about that. We'll talk about sports. I'm getting a haircut today and it's about time.